seats and grabbing our Bibles and opening up the scriptures to Proverbs chapter 1. The book of Proverbs today, how's everyone doing? It's good to be, you know, Thanksgiving weekend is always fun. It's fun to hang out with family. If you were blessed to be able to get a little time with our physical extended families, but I sure enjoy coming back here to hang out with you guys uh, because we love our families, amen, we love our families, but we love this family and it's just good to be together um, and worship God together. Uh, glad we didn't cancel church, I was, you know, that looked bad last night, but there's one thing I learned, it's like we, we make decisions based off of reality, not forecast, right? <laughs> And it uh, turned out to be not so, not so bad, at least my drive, my one-mile drive here to church. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, excited about the message today. The book of Proverbs is what we're going to study, the first three chapters. And um, it was interesting how Tom tried to insert football into church, uh, but we forgave him for that, uh, reminding us that the Gophers lost yesterday. Uh, but he did compliment my sense of humor later, which was kind of nice. So uh, I took that personally. Uh, um, so, but um, anyways, I'm glad that we have more in common than football, uh, that we have Jesus in common. And that's what we're here to learn from, to be inspired by, to be filled with, and to exude to the world who's in desperate need of him. A.M.? Amen? A.M.? <laughs> Am. Amen. Okay, who has used a GPS before while driving? Okay, most of us have used a GPS. <laughs> Just, it's relentless. Uh, that was last year's banquet, Monty. Um, okay, so yeah, we, we use GPS and... What a gift to modern man, amen? I mean, you can travel and not need... I remember maps, reading the maps, and pulling off to the side, and, and uh, we just get told where to go. Uh, but I have a question for you. Who, while driving, has ever completely disagreed with the GPS? Right? Disagree all the time, Jake. Interesting. Okay. Um, so... Question for you, another question, a follow-up question. Who more often than not listens to their themselves instead of the GPS? Okay, we've got a few. Just I just trust my own instinct. Who trusts? Okay, if in doubt, I'm just gonna do what the GPS does. Who does the more of that? Okay, all the time. You are you sure? Okay. Uh, so yes. Um, it's interesting, right? I feel like you're coming up to the turn, and the GPS is saying turn right, but it's like, but I know this is the way to go. This feels right, but the voice is saying go left, okay? Um, what do we do? You know, we're looking at the book of Proverbs today, and of course we can't do, you know, to do, we're walking through the Old Testament, and the book of Proverbs, uh, we're studying the Old Testament this year to try to know God, to know God at least a little bit better. What do we see from the character of God uh, from the Old 
Testament. And, and today we're looking at the book of Proverbs, so today's message is entitled, Knowing God's Wisdom. Knowing God's Wisdom. And I even, we sang, O Come Emmanuel, there's a verse in there about the wisdom of God. But the book of Proverbs uh, is kind of like a life GPS, okay? A life GPS, so to speak. Now, we have to be careful when we read the book of Proverbs because it is wisdom literature. It's not an epistle like Ephesians or something like that. And so these are filled with principles that are overall true. They're not necessarily promises that... So, so in other words, for, the, for example, train a child in the way they should go, and in the end they will return to it. That's a principle that's generally true. It's not a promise like, well, I trained my child in the way they go, and they're not returning to it, so the Bible must not be the Word of God. You can't do that because it is the Word of God. There's always exceptions to principles, right? So when we read the Proverbs, it's, we're drawing out general themes of wisdom from God. General themes, general principles, not necessarily promises that if there's one exception, then we think we, we discredit the scriptures, okay? But the life, this life GPS that we have in the Proverbs, it teaches us wisdom, but it also gives us course corrections. What kind of GPS if, if it just it, it didn't tell you like you're going the wrong way, okay? I guess maybe they, don't, they just say, we're, we're readjusting, okay? But the book of Proverbs is better than, than your GPS because it says you're actually messing up, okay? It gives you a course correction. It says, it says you're straying, you're going off course, and it's going to lead to darkness and destruction if you don't head back to God, okay? As, as humans... All of us have a bent, a sinful human nature. We have a spiritual nature in us, created by God and His image. But we also have, because of the fall, we have a sinful nature. And so what the sinful nature does is it bends us towards foolish waywardness. We have all gone astray. We've all gone off the path, so to speak, and taken the wrong turn in life. That's called sin. And and a, a sinful nature, okay? So the book of Proverbs helps us. It gives us wisdom, and it gives us correction as well. Let's read here in Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 for kind of our introduction, and then we're going to read a lot of chapter 1, a lot of chapter 2, and a lot of chapter 3 for our three points. So a lot of Bible today, hopefully more Bible, less preacher. Amen? Whoa, that was loud. Okay. All right. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, Solomon had wrote most of the Proverbs, but he had asked God for wisdom. And God was super fired up that he asked for wisdom in order to lead and serve his people instead of riches, power, money, that sort of thing. And so God gave him abundance of wisdom. All right, but it's not really Solomon's wisdom, it's God's wisdom. Amen. It says here, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, 
to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this is kind of the introduction to the book of Proverbs. And it gives its purpose statement. Who is it written to? Why it was written to? And what is the basis of this? Okay. So to give wisdom and instruction. Now this word instruction is musar. And it's not just like, hey, let me give you, teach you how to ABC. It's more, the word is more discipline, admonishment, chastening, correction, warning, restraint, rebuke. Does that make sense? You see the difference there? We can hear instruction and think, oh, that's kind of nice. This actually, it's not a very nice word. It's more of a, it's more of a, hey, you're, you're, you're going the wrong way. Could you imagine that from the GPS, right? Like, whoa, get this GPS out of here. I don't like it because they don't like me. Okay? Um, chastening. Okay, kind of correction, rebuke. Okay? Much like from the parent communicating to a child, you're headed into moving traffic. Stop. Right? It's probably something along those lines. Discipline, chastening, like you, 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 done, you, you done messed up, okay? And lovingly, we're going to correct and train and teach. Does that make sense? So it's not just little riddles that are nice. It's, it's, it's that and it's um, correction. Proverbs 5.23 says, so this word... Um, Musar is used a number of times in the book of Proverbs, like off the charts, but I'll just list a few. Uh, he will die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray. Again, the word instruction, but his lack of being corrected or being correctable is going to bring death and go astray. Proverbs 6, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light, and the reproofs for discipline are the way of Life. Does anybody actually enjoy getting corrected? Like, oh, please sign me up, right? But, but actually, our posture toward correction is one of the most crucial elements of our Christian life. We either turn toward it or we turn against it. Those who turn against being corrected are going to die. Those who turn toward it and lean into it and ask for it and invite it are incredibly blessed. Um, Proverbs 12.1, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is, well, stupid. I mean, how do you really feel? Okay. Uh, Proverbs 13.1, A wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Many, many, many more. But do you see the theme that rises out of this? What is our attitude, our posture toward discipline, instruction? Do we seek it? Do we want it? Do we, do we embrace it? Or do we withdraw uh, from it? 
Okay, who is this to? Back, back to Proverbs chapter 1. Who, who are these written to? Well, first of all, the simple. The simple, okay? The people, you, we could say maybe they just, we don't know. It's simple. When it comes to certain things, I'm extremely simple. I just don't know uh, how to do something. When I, when I think about my son Jackson and his fishing ability and mine, I'm very simple. I just don't know. His wisdom in that is miles beyond mine. At one point, I knew more than him, but that was about 10 years ago. He passed me, okay? Um, or the young. So the simple, we just don't know. The young, we think we know, okay? Here's a common characteristic of everyone who's young. So let me hone in a little bit on the teens and the college students. I know that you think you know, but you don't know that you don't actually know. Are we vibing here? <laughs> Sorry, I just embarrassed my children. Um, but that's a characteristic of youth is you think you know. Now, the good part of youth is because you think you know, you want to change the world and make it better. And amen to that. And that's why us older people, we need to be humble and seek the wisdom of the youth. Amen? Okay, this isn't a one-way street here. But young people, you need to know that you don't, you don't know everything yet. Thank you, Chase, for saying that. Okay? <laughs> you think you know. Okay, and to, but the simple, the young, and the wise... The wise don't know what you don't know. So some of us, there's great wisdom. But even amongst the wise, you still don't know what you don't know. You don't. You don't know what you don't know. So there's never a place, simple, young, or wise, there's never a place for someone to be like, I got this down. Sorry, GPS, you're wrong. Sorry, Book of Proverbs. I know. Sorry, correction. Who do you think you are to correct moi? If that's your spirit, you're headed toward darkness. Amen? Does that make sense? So that's, this is who it's to. Why? Because why do we need correction? Why do we need instruction? Why do we need wisdom? Because humanity makes us disoriented. Okay, we flew in uh, from Thanksgiving yesterday. We had this all, we did, we, had, we got, basically the family got paid for to go to, to Florida. Yeah, it, was, it was rough, it really was. Uh, anyways, we flew in in the storm last night or yesterday, and it seemed like forever that the whole plane was in just thick clouds. It seemed, it was probably about a half hour, but it seemed like, you know, a couple hours. But it was just, and I was sitting by the window, I'm like, nothing. It's just white. It's just white out. And as a passenger, I've fully placed my trust into the pilots, right? But who are the pilots listening to? Because they can't see squat. They don't see where they're going. They don't see, you can't even tell, right? This is why planes crash sometimes because you don't you're going straight down but you don't know you're disoriented okay and so he's got to listen to the wisdom of his instruments of the the uh, uh guy on the radio from the tower from someone who 
can't, who isn't disoriented. See, humanity, the fact that we're all human, makes us disoriented. What do I mean? Our spiritual nature combined with our sinful nature disorients us. We're created in God's image, but yet we're created with this, we're, we're not created with, we've, been, we've inherited a dark side, right? And so we're in conflict and we're disorient, disorients us, okay? We have emotions. Emotions can disorient us. Fears can disorient us. We can feel a certain way and we can feel strongly, right? It just feels right. But the Proverbs say there's a way, uh, um, it says, uh, uh, there's a way that seems right to a man. In other words, I feel great about this, but in the end it leads to death. So our feelings can betray us, right? And I know Star Wars is coming up about trust your feelings. And there's good in, there's good in, at times we, we go with our gut, we trust our feelings, but it all depends on what your gut is programmed by. Okay? And our fears make us want to control and grasp. And number three, our hurts and wounds disorient us. So our past hurts, the things that other people's sins maybe, or our own sins that hurt us. It disorients us. It wounds us. And so we're reacting out of the wound instead of the wisdom of God. Okay? Do you ever feel like you, you ever feel like you got to go back to the GPS and you feel like, I, I know I should turn left. I know north seems that way, right? Which, who, th- who knows where north is right here as we're sitting? Okay, there's some of it, right? It's that way, okay? No, it just really feels like it's that way, Okay? Um, we're, our wounds and our hurts disorient us. Uh, we are, whatever stage of life we're in right now, let me tell you this, you and I are inexperienced at this stage of life. You're inexperienced. It's like, oh, I'm old and I've had lots of experiences. You've never had experience at this age. You've had maybe experience, oh, I've had kids. I don't need parenting advice. I've never had three teenagers. I need lots of parenting. I've never sent a kid off to college. I've never had grandkids. I've never had great-grandkids. So how do I do this? I don't know what to do. I've never walked here. You guys get where this is headed? And then combine all of this with the wisdom of the world. Combine all this with the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world It sounds good, it looks good, it's always easier, and it tastes sweet. It does. And we get off course. So then chapter, verse 7, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I've heard heard some say that the fear of the Lord, that's just an Old Testament thing. You, you You need course correction. It's not just an Old Testament thing. It is a holy thing. God is to be revered and respected, whether it be the Old Testament, the New Testament, or the 18th Testament, because He's God, right? The fear of the Lord is the basis. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 25 says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. In other words, 
all of the wisest of the wisest of men. You take the, God has that much wisdom in his little finger and more. Are you with me there? So God's wisdom is so much, it's like, go back to the GPS for just one second. Okay, sorry, Ellen, Ellen's got overtime today. Okay, we're, we're like the car, all right? God is the one who made the car. Not only did he make the car, he made the path. He made the road. He not only did he make the road, he made the end. He made the beginning. He made above. He made the air. He made the, the, the gas. He made everything. He, his wisdom is so far beyond. Imagine from God's perspective, the guy in the car thinking, who are you to tell me where to go? I'm God! That's who I am to tell you how to do this because I created you. I created your communities. I created your family. I created the principles. I created the earth. I created everything. I am God. And you are some little twerp human. Don't tell me what to do with you. You listen to me what to do with you. Can I get a witness from the congregation? So how does God deal with us? His patience is just like, I mean, I don't know if he's laughing or crying up there half the time, but anyway, the basis of God, the basis of wisdom is reverence for God. Okay, let's read now chapter 1, verse 20. We have the warning of wisdom, chapter 1, the pursuit of wisdom, chapter 2, the reward of what, the reward... The Rewards of Wise Living, chapter 3. Boy, we got a long ways to go, guys. Glad you got nothing going on the rest of today. Okay, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the street. So this is, think about the warning, the warnings of wisdom. Wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O oh, naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because I called you and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. You neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated from, with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. Here, wisdom is personified in either we turn toward her or away from her. Does that make sense? We, turn, we lean into wisdom. 
And by the way, one of the best ways we know of our posture toward wisdom is how much do we just get advice? How much do we seek advice? Or that, that's a good kind of gauge, would you say? Um, we turn to it or we turn from it. Turning to reproof, verse 23. Turning from it, verse 30. Wisdom is calling out, yet we refuse to listen. Why? Why do we refuse to listen? We've got a few thoughts. Maybe, number one, we just think we know. We just think we know. Number two, we don't want to look dumb. Number three, we're just too busy to seek advice. We're too busy. What exactly are we... It, it, it's kind of like the car who wants to turn right. It's just too busy turning right to listen to the GPS. It's like, wait a second. The whole purpose of you is to go out down the path. Okay, don't be too busy. Um, we don't want to hear differently. We're kind of set in our ways. And we don't really want to hear someone who might say, mm, you want to rethink that. We misunderstand the principle of advice. Well, I didn't want to seek advice because... I don't want you to control me. Advice is not control. It's just advice. Well, I don't want to seek advice because it's my decision. Whoever told you it's not your decision? Of course it's your decision. It's your life, right? Okay. Um, we, must, we just must understand principles of advice. Maybe we've been taught wrongly that advice is not just advice. It is just advice. Um, number six, com we're competitive. So we think, well, if I get this person's advice, they're going to think that I'm below them. Why are you slotting? Why, are we, why do we slot ourselves with each other like that? Why can't we just humble ourselves and learn from everyone? Okay. Um, well, no one understands my situation, so I'm not going to get advice. You know what? You're right. No one does completely, fully, ever. No, no one has the exact same life that you have. And therefore, you're never going to get advice or wisdom from anyone because you are unique. That's true. But unfortunately, that doesn't qualify you to not need advice. <laughs> Maybe someone not in your shoes might have a little clear glance at your shoes. Does that make sense? I have, I could, I'm not, uh, too much time to tell that story. Okay. Um, we just got blind spots. Does that make sense? A lot of times our own situations has produced blind spots in us where we've got like hairy patches on our back that we've just never seen before. And someone else needs to be like, dude, you got a hairy patch on your back. I do not. Okay? Like, you do. That thing's shaved. Okay. Um, or we just don't want to be a bother. Well, I know you're busy. I don't want to bother you. Okay. To summarize, to summarize why we don't get advice, why we don't heed and search wisdom. By the way, we don't just get advice from one another. We get advice from books. We get advice from the Bible. We get advice from, from professors. We get advice from, from uh, uh, peers. We get advice from our children. Uh, we get advice from our spouses. It's just who you are. It's just, it's just kind of an overflow of, of seeking wisdom. To summarize why we don't turn to wisdom, Proverbs 6, 17. This is hard-hitting. I'm warning you. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. This is the first thing, verse 16 says, that the Lord hates. The Lord hates. Oh, I, 
my Lord just loves me. Actually, when you have haughty eyes and a lying tongue, he's, hate, he's hating what you're doing. Okay? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands are I God hates that. Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. You ever think about why God hates pride? Good thing to think about. Why does God hate pride? Go chew on that. But we know he does. Okay, let's move to chapter 2. The pursuit of wisdom. Chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commands within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. The pursuit of wisdom. It says, make your ear attentive. Listen up. Tune on your your, your, your listening ears, okay? That, turn on your ears, you got to turn off your mouth, okay? Well, a lot of us like to give wisdom. You better listen first, amen? Incline your heart, cry out for discernment, lift your voice for understanding instead of just trying to communicate your ideas. Seek it as for silver, Searches for hidden treasures. If I told you somewhere in the church building right now, there's a million dollars. It's literally in hundred dollar bills. It's a million. Ready, go. Uh, I got to watch the Packers game. Okay, you know, right? Searches for hidden treasures. You know, uh, um, there was a whole, one of the turning points in my life actually came from when I was in undergraduate studies where I was struggling struggling, not doing good in my classes. Um, as a, uh, in, at the University of Minnesota, I have an undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering, and I was just, it was just going downhill, right? It's getting harder and harder, I, and I was, had this just dark, sinking feeling, like, I don't know about this. And I came to the point where I was just like, things got to go one way or the other. And you know what I did? I went and did something profound. I actually went to the professor and I said, could I get some help? And guess what they said? I'm not here to teach you. <laughs> They're here to teach you, okay? And I said, well, of course, come over. It's my office hours. And I went and I said, I don't get this. And they explained it to me. And I'm like, ah, I get it. So then I was like, I got... In a, you know, a better grade on the test. And I thought, I think that actually works. And so guess what I started to do the rest of my college days? Professor after, I like became their best friend. I'm like, hi, I'm Joel. They go, we know you, you're always here. 
Okay, teaching assistants. University of Minnesota, pretty big place. You know, 60,000 students. So you don't get much one-on-one -on -one attention. Actually, you get as much as you want if you just go after it. So I went up to teaching assistant. Like, I had a differential equations calculus. It was like Calc 8. And I said, I don't get any of this. They're like, they walked me through pretty much, it was class and then office hours. Class, office hours. And guess what? Flat out, ace the final. A on that bad boy. Bring own differential equations. <laughs> Amen? It was a turning point. It was a turning point. And in grad school, it's like initiating constantly. I don't get it. Just It was like, I'm going to seek it. Do you have that spirit towards anything? Or are you just too proud? It's your choice. You're just going to keep going downhill until you get it. Our spiritual lives, our family lives, etc. Okay, uh, let's, let's finish in chapter 2. Chapter 3, I'm sorry. Um, this is why we have discipleship partners in our church. Because we believe in one another relationships. So how's it going with your discipleship partners? Do they see you? Do they even know that you're a partner with them? Or are you too busy? Are you there? Do you show up for discipling time? For studying the Bible? Or you just got too much going on? Or it's like, you know, no one relates to me around here. You know, you've got to, or it's like, well, yo, well, I'd be fine if they initiated with me. Since when is it their job to initiate with you? Well, they're the leader. Why don't you initiate with them? Amen? Okay. What should we get advice on? Um, uh, I, I listed the, the I, I'm in like eight discipleship groups. I listed them. You guys, I don't need to tell you. I get so much discipling, it's ridiculous, okay? Um, but I need it. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I've never been here before. I need help. Are you too proud to just be like, I need help? Um, what should we seek advice on? Your walk with God, your personal growth, your singleness, or your family life. Um, the other day, we, you know, we were traveling to speak on a family life, so I better, so I better ask my kids, do you think we got a healthy family life? Because I'm preaching on it in Texas. I don't want to be like, yeah, down there, because no one knows it. And they're like, yeah. I was like, well, what's your advice for me? And I got input, and I used it, because they had great things to say about all the things mom needed to change. No, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, your relationships. Do you know how you are in relationships? You think you may be one way, but maybe you should ask your best friends how you can be a better friend. Um, your career. I'm, sometimes I'm in awe of people make these massive decisions about major important things. And it's like never once in the end of our mind, they might want to get a little advice. Yeah, we're moving here, there, and whatever, and I'm changing this career. You realize that like changes your whole setting Maybe think about some thought of outside input. Seriously, come on, guys. We can do better. I can do better. We can do better. Amen. Are you with me here? Um, past stumbles. Well, I've stumbled with this in the past, but I'm not going to get advice about how to do better. Why not? Get advice. Big decisions in your life. You're a fool. We're literally a fool, the Proverbs tell us, if we don't go and seek wisdom. Let's not be fools. Okay, lastly, chapter 3 is the rewards. The rewards of wise living. Now, it's a big difference between knowing something and living it. If you notice in chapter 1, it was those who put it into practice, something along those lines. 
We have the author himself who knew it, who taught it, but didn't execute it till his dying days. And these words were self-fulfilling prophecy of what happened to Solomon. I'll let you go study that on your own. But it's a big difference between knowing it, even teaching it for those of us who are teachers amongst us, and doing it. Amen? That's just why Jesus says, go make disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Sure, we all know the command to love one another, right? But how, where are we at with that? I need help. I need to grow in that. Amen? Okay? So let us take warning from, from Solomon himself that even if we think we know, we better be humble about how's it going in executing. Proverbs 3, verse 1. I'm going to read through, um, through 26. My son, do not forget. Listen for the words. Listen for the words of reward. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul an adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, when you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Can I get an A? Who can use a little sweet sleep? Amen. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught Real quick, give me some words of reward. What were some of the things? Let's, let's popcorn this out. What do you see there in those 26 verses? Go ahead. Healing, peace, happiness. Contentment. There was a lot all at once. No fear, straight path. Gosh, Tony. Riches, confidence. Sweet sleep, walking securely, not being afraid. 
Now, sometimes we draw back from, we don't want to be health and wealth gospel, like, oh, if you follow God, you're just going to do awesome in life. Sometimes we back off from that, and, and rightfully so, because that's abused. And yet, maybe we back off too much. Sounds good to me. Why, right? Like, why wouldn't I want to seek advice and input and correction and wisdom? Right? Um, the, the whole point of the book is for wise living. There's great reward in it. Length of days, peace, favor, good repute, straight paths, healing, refreshment, filled with plenty, overflowing baths of new wine, uh, blessed, profit, gain, long life, riches, honor, pleasant, uh, peace, happy, life to your soul, security. You won't stumble. You sleep sweetly and confident. Just, just a simple word glance. Um, what are we thinking, guys, when we're not seeking wisdom? We're forfeiting these things. We're choosing not these things. What if, let the Proverbs appeal to you today. Never let that be said of you. Amen? Never let that be said of your family. Let it never be said of our church. Oh, they think they got it all together. They don't get much input from each other or from the outside. Uh-uh. Because I want to live here, not in other places. The rewards of wise living. Do you do it for the reward? No, you do it because it honors God and it glorifies God. But make no mistake about it. There is great reward for those who live wisely. Solomon knew it, taught it, but didn't do it. And it was women, by the way. It was sexual impurity and immorality that took him off the path. Okay? That was the beginning of the end. But we have a king of kings, Jesus. King of kings, Jesus, who knew it, who taught it, and who did it. And not only he did it a few times here and there, he did it all the way through the cross. All the way through hardship, pain, suffering. Why? Because it honored God and he loved you and me. He loved you and me. And through the cross, through the grave, into life eternal. Life eternal. And when we enter Christ... In death, burial, and resurrection, we become one in baptism. We repent, we make Jesus Lord, we're baptized, we enter into Christ, we enter into life eternal. The life of the age to come breaks into now. It breaks in, and we can taste it, and we can see it coming, and we don't have it all yet, but we got it enough to know that's where I'm headed, and that's what I want. That's what we celebrate as we take communion. Amen? Amen. Jesus, in his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and proclaiming his name until he returns. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for the book of Proverbs. Oh, my goodness. There would be so much that we wouldn't know about you without this book. Father, thank you. We praise you. We glorify you for your wisdom. Your wisdom is off the charts. We don't even know how to speak of it. Um, Father, we praise and glorify you. We're sorry. We confess our foolishness. We have gone our own way. We have spurned from, we've withdrawn. We don't want advice. We don't get it very much. We just have gone our own way, and we're sorry. We apologize. We want to enter into Christ and enter into the wisdom personified in him and the spirit you've given us, the spirit, the spirit of wisdom, as it's called in the New Testament, and 
Father, I pray that this, this time in the book of Proverbs can, can course correct us. It can say, get back toward, toward be humility and wisdom and seeking that. Thank you for mostly for Jesus, our King of Kings, who lived these things and taught us and expects us to follow him just one step at a time. We remember him at this time and pray in his name. Amen.